Hear me out. Hear me out. God, hear me out. Can y'all hear me out? This is for you. If you are listening to this, this is specifically for you. This is not, this is a message from the heart of God to your heart, to your mind, to your spirit. I want you to allow what I'm getting ready to say to penetrate your heart, your mind, and your spirit. God will circumvent his own process to bless you. God will undo something that he himself established in order to meet the need that you have. And so we already know that there is no system that God does not have authority over. Government, human resources, name a system. God has dominion over that system. But the purpose of this episode is to let you know that he will circumvent his own system to meet your needs. Okay. I'm going to attempt to tell you where in the Bible I found this to be true. But it's going to take you meditating and thinking about the thing that you need the most from God. Maybe you can do that later. Maybe you can write it down. But I want you to apply what I'm getting ready to say to your faith and to your situation. God will circumvent his own process in order to meet a need that you have. Here's how I know. If you read in Luke, the 17th chapter, there are 10 lepers that show themselves to God. And they asked Jesus for healing. This is in the Bible. And Jesus says to them, go and show yourself to the priest. He doesn't heal them. He tells them to go and show yourself to the priest. There is one of them, while he is on his way in faith and obedience to God, to the word that Jesus says, he finds himself being healed as he walks in faith toward the priest. He goes back to Jesus and begins praising God. And Jesus says to him, I healed 10 lepers, but only one came back. And Jesus says to him, because of your faith, you are whole. Now, seemingly, he healed all 10. And they all were on the, all of them were healed because they were en route to healing to the priest. They were going to the priest to show themselves to the priest. Here's the problem. In Leviticus, God tells Moses, hear me, hear me clearly. In Leviticus, God tells Moses that when somebody has leprosy, and they have been healed of leprosy, the process is as follows. You go to the priest, you take two birds, two birds, some cedar, some scarlet, and some hyssop, and the priest kills one of the birds, puts their blood in a bowl, dips the live bird, the hyssop, the scarlet, and the cedar into the blood of the dead bird, then sprinkles the blood from the dead bird on the unclean person seven times. This is all on the same day. And then the unclean person goes 
and shaves off all of their hair, washes all of their clothes, takes a bath, and goes back to their tent where they live. And they're supposed to stay outside of the tent for seven days. And then on the seventh day, they come back and show themselves to the priest. They buy two lambs, two male lambs to be sacrificed. And they take those two lambs and the priest, the same priest that they've seen before, facilitates the sacrifice at the tabernacle, and then on the eighth day, they are declared clean. So seemingly what would have happened is 10 lepers healed of leprosy by Jesus would have had to go through an eight-day process according to Leviticus, according to the law that God lays out to Moses. It's an eight-day process. And each of those lepers would have had to go through that. But one, one leper, hear me, one leper returns to Jesus. And as a result of him returning to Jesus, God heals him on the spot completely. And the Bible says he is whole. He does not have to get two birds. He does not have to get cedar and hyssop. He does not have to kill one bird and dip it in blood and be sprinkled seven times and then shave all his eyebrows and his beard and everything off and then wash all of his clothes and then go back home for seven days and stay outside of the tent and then get two male lambs and bring them back to the prison. He doesn't have to do any of that because he comes back to God to praise him. What does that tell me? That tells me that God will undo a process that he established as a result of your faith, as a result of your obedience, as a result of your praise, your faith, your obedience, and your praise. He will circumvent a, a, a whole system that he made to heal you and to make you whole as a result of your obedience, your faith, and your worship to him. He'll circumvent a whole system. Now, I believe, this is what I believe, I believe that God is activated by our faith. He can do anything. He's established himself to be a God that can do anything. And he creates all these beautiful processes. If you got cancer, you go through chemotherapy. But I believe that God will respond to the faith of the obedient worshiper so that they don't even have to go through the process that God has already established. In other words, in a nutshell, he uses processes to bless us. He uses processes to declare his dominion over the earth. He uses processes. He values processes. He loves order, but he doesn't need any of it to do what he wants to do for you. I, I don't know if he has a finger, but he can snap his finger and it'll be done. That's how much he loves his children. This is what Matthew 7 and 11 says, and I love Matthew 7 and 11, because it's like a preach word in one verse. Matthew 7 and 11, and I'm paraphrasing, says, if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does the father of everything know how to give good gifts to his children? If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts. What about an all-knowing, omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent God? So 
he is the God of every system, but he doesn't need any system to bless you. And so when you are praying, because sometimes we lay out our strategy, God, I want you to do this, and then I want you to do this, and then in order for me to get the job, I got to have an interview because I got to fill out the application because I got to go through the process, and then they got to wait for HR to call me, then they got to make an offer, and then I got to negotiate, and then I get the job, and then I get a starting date. So that's how the process works for us. But listen, if God wants you to have the job, you might just walk into the place and they hire you. Let me tell you, let me give you an example. God told me, and y'all have heard this if you listen to this podcast before. In 2017, God essentially pushed me to the point of obedience. He said, Dominique, I want you to quit your job. Now, what human, what sane human quits their job? Nobody. Nobody that is sane quits their job, said me. God said, quit your job. And I was like, okay, Lord, sure. I'll wait until I said, I kept saying, okay, God, are you sure? Okay, maybe. Okay, I'll think about it. I mean, okay, show me another sign. I was in Pasadena um, um, on a work trip, and I was in this tumultuous interaction with a, a supervisor, and God told me to quit my job. And I asked him to show me a sign. I wanted to know that it was him. And I um, was in Pasadena. I went to this orientation. I had just started seminary. And I was at this orientation which were all these black male seminarians and faculty and professors and preachers. And they were all talking about like the power of going to seminary, like all the stuff. And I was listening to them and I was like, okay, okay, God, I drove, that was in Pasadena. I was staying, I believe, in Anaheim that night. I drove back to the hotel in Anaheim. I went to sleep. I was reading something in like the Old Testament. I fell asleep reading something in the Old Testament. It was something about leaving where you're from. It was something related to the, I don't even remember what the scripture was, but it was something about leaving. And I fell asleep. I woke up at five in the morning and I read that scripture again. It was like God was speaking directly to me about leaving a place that you're comfortable with being. So I was like, okay, God, set a sign. You done told me, and now you done give me a sign. In obedience, I released that job. I sent an email saying, hey, I'm quitting this job. I'm, I'm, I'm sending my resignation. I'm, I can negotiate the date depending on me, but I'm, I'm out of here. I quit the job. I did not know where I was going to get another job at. I did not know what I was going to do next. I didn't know how I was going to pay bills. I had some savings. I was like, I'll just live on the savings until the Lord tells, tells me what my next move is. I quit that job. I, you know, was still in seminary. So I was like studying and doing work. I started like driving for Postmates, like just doing little stuff to have extra money because I like to travel. And I um, got to the point where this was, I, I quit the job in like the end of November. Um, I vacationed out at the end of December and probably by May, I was like, okay, Lord, May of the following year. It had been five months. I was like, okay, Lord, I need a job. (laughs) I gotta gotta work somewhere. And you would have told me to quit this job if you didn't have provision for me. And he had made me provision up to that point. But I I remind, he doesn't need a reminder. God doesn't need a reminder because he already knows. But I reminded him, God, I was obedient to you. I did what you told me to do. And I quit my job and I've been working and you have kept me, you have sustained me, you've made provision. And for that, I'm thankful. I'm praising God. But I'm also being like, hey, like, like job time. Like, what can you do? 
I got to the point where I needed a job and I applied on like a, one of those things, like an indeed.com where you do like a one click application. I mean, I don't even know if I read the whole application or not. I seen something that seemed interesting, that seemed like something that I could do, although I had never done it before. I was like, I could probably do this. And I seen it and I said, I'm gonna apply. I applied and the next day, y'all, I got a call from that particular business saying, we would like to interview you. So I set the date for interview. I'm gonna say, let's say it was May the, the 5th, right? Let's say May the 5th. I set the date to go in on May the 10th. I go in on May the 10th, I got my suit and my bag and my presentation, I'm ready to talk. It's two women that meet me. The person that would be the supervisor and the person that's a liaison for human resources. I meet with them, the lady says to me, hey, I want you to take a look at this website and tell me what you would do differently. Now, the, the, I don't remember no interview questions or nothing like that. I was like, oh, well, you know, I would do this, I'd do this, I'd really like this, this is good. And she, they look at each other, the two women look at each other and say, okay, thank you. You know, we banter a, a little bit about fonts and something else. And I'm just like, great, you know, nice to meet you. The lady turns and looks at me, y'all. And I haven't had no full interview, no nothing like that. The lady turns and looks at me and she says, when can you start? When can you start? I started that job like the next week. Five years later, I'm still at that job and the Lord has blessed tremendously. I mean, I got some testimonies that will blow your mind, but I can tell them on this podcast because I don't know who'll be listening. But see, if you know me, you know. Ask me if you want to know, I'll testify. God has done some things to blow my mind through that act of faith. And I tell that story to really demonstrate that I didn't have to go through no elaborate process because God had rewarded my obedience and my praise to him by circumventing a process that he established. And he did the same thing for that leper that came back to worship him. He said, you ain't even got to go back and go through this process with the priest. I declare you to be whole. And God has a process in your life that he wants to circumvent. I know that you are praying through all the steps, but the prayer to pray, and put you up on game, but you already know this, but I'm gonna put you up on game. The prayer to pray is that the Lord will have his will and that he will be responsive to your faith and your obedience and that will, he will do what only he can do. That's the best prayer to pray. Because sometimes in our prayer life, we put limits on God. Okay, God, I need a new car. So what I would like is the loan, the dealership, the, we go through all the steps that are of an established process. And God doesn't need a process. He is the process. And whatever he declares to be, it is, right? And so let that sit and simmer and then apply that to what you pray for, how you experience God, what you think, what you say how you know God to do. And even as I'm talking, I need a new car. And I'm thinking about a time when I, the, before I got this car, I was, I asked God for a new car. I asked God for a new car. I was going to the dealership on my birthday one year. I had even, I had gotten very close to the new car, but the dealership was playing games. I was like, whatever. 
Then I had somebody had come into the parking lot at my church with a car that I really liked. And I was like, I want that car. I want an Acura TL. I had told one of the deacons that, and he said, and I quote, oh, son, one day when you get older, you'll be able to afford, uh, not the person that had the car, because some of y'all are like, oh, I know. Some, I know. Somebody that did not have the car that I happened to know that I wanted the car said, oh, son, one day you'll grow up and you'll be able to afford that car. And I kid you not, y'all, I went to the dealership where this car was. And I walked around the car seven times in faith because I had just read something in the Bible about walking around cars. So I walk around the car seven times in faith and drive off and go about my business. Two weeks later, I get in a car accident after leaving work on a Saturday after I had gone to choir rehearsal. Somebody driving into the hospital where I worked hit me head on and smashed against a pole. Completely totaled my car. You hear me? Completely totaled my car. So I needed a new car. The car that I had, this had to be like 2010, and I had a 2007 Toyota Camry that I had gotten brand new. So I had been driving it for about three years. I, was, I tried to replace it after about two years, but that was the deal that kind of had went, went through. The car, I paid $21,728 for that car. And I had had it for three years. When I reported this situation to insurance, they did an assessment on how much my car was worth. They assessed my car to be worth, listen y'all, $22,000. They assessed my car to be worth more than I actually paid for the car for. So they cut me a check minus what I owed on the last car. And I used that money to buy the car that I wanted that somebody said that I couldn't get until I grew up. Now, it's not the process that I expected, but God circumvented the process that somebody else said I had to go through in order to be worthy of that car. And he blessed me with that car without my having to do what other people might have had to do to get the car. He will unestablish a process to bless you. Pray with me. Father God, I pray that somebody who has heard this word will allow it to settle in their heart and that they will walk in faith and believe you and pray your will over their life, over everything that they are concerned about, and that you will respond to their faith, respond to their obedience, respond to what it is that they have asked for. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you, and thank you for listening.